G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and on the other side of the desk as always is my mate Matt. Hello, hello. Oh, I, I don't know if I can get up and about this week actually mate. I know it's the first week, it's the first round where uh, we're looking at our, uh, our very first fantasy teams having scored over the weekend and mine yes. did not go well. I was <laughs> bitterly disappointed in in how a lot of my guys yeah, rolled out onto the mean, park. You're always bitterly disappointed with your team on the Sunday afternoon, the Monday evening. Like this isn't new. This isn't every week. This is this is me. This is just something that I do. I mean, rolling into Monday. Look, I've had a bit of perspective, and it's not as bad as it could have been. You know, a couple of Absolutely. wins in a couple of wins in draft leagues. You know, redraft and keepers, but oh, the salary cap league took a bit of a hit on the weekend. How did you go? Um, yeah. Mixed bag, <laughs> mixed bag, but um, yeah, staying positive, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, I had to say that so many times to myself on the weekend. <laughs> I was just repeating that over and over after Zach Merritt went down, after mm. Fife decided to play terribly, Chris didn't show up to the game, Yes, yes all yes. of my rookies decided to do terribly as well. Ironically, so in our Keeper League and our redraft, yep. um, we've got largely the same people doing both. Mm. I played the same person in both. <laughs> so in keepers, he had Zach Merritt and Liver. Oh, of course, you played Jesse. Yes, yes. yes. So in keepers, he had Zach Merritt and Liver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not a lot of points there. Unfortunately, I won. In redraft, I had Zach Merritt and Liver. <laughs> not a lot of points there. He won. There's <laughs> a nice little bit. So of, a nice little balance there. Bit of symmetry to that. Yeah. I like it. All right. What we want to do is we want to jump straight into the game because we've got questions yep. coming up, and we also want to get started on our uh, brand new yearly round of Risk It for the Biscuit, which is one of our very exciting. It's our favorite game to play around here. We love Risk It for the Biscuit, so we'll explain that a little bit later. But for now, let's dive right into the Tigers Blues game, which opened up the weekend. This was a great fantasy game. I feel there was a lot yep. of high scores. Uh, you know, and it was a great game for the most part as well. The Tigers really, I actually only, really enjoyed it. Yeah, they only just pulled away at the last. I really enjoyed it. I was really impressed with Carlton. Mm, yeah, like, I thought they showed up really well. And again, they proved that they are a fantasy side. So they're, they're definitely going to be a high scoring fantasy top, team. Top level tier players are yes. Mm. Uh, so the Tigers won. You know, Dusty Martin was right up the top of the scoring. He's going to be terrific again this year. We don't really need to talk about him because. He's one that I feel that you need to be looking at getting into your final eight for your midfield. He's yep. uh, if he's not a lock, he's you know around about eight or nine. You know that that guy that might be a bit of a pod for some. Otherwise, other people might look at you know your Duncan's, your Matt Crouches, those sorts of guys. Yeah, look, he's expensive, but he's just a gun player. So. Yeah, I do not trust Jack Rewalt. He's the second highest scorer on Richmond's side with a hundred. <laughs> I, I know, all right, for draft leagues, in a very deep draft league, yes, he is, yeah. he is worth that. But in a salary cap league, you can't get duped by these high-scoring round one players. And um, Richmond does tend to have a habit of this. There's mm-hmm. always someone from Richmond that goes nuts round one against Carlton, mm-hmm. and then they drop away a lot. I remember yeah. a few years ago it was um, Griffiths. Yeah, I Griffiths. Think he like four or five goals or something and just went nuts. I have the odd feeling Rance has done it a couple of times as yeah. well where he scored in the 90s and everyone's gone, oh, he's going to have more of a rebounding role this year and no, he's a key yeah. defender. So, yeah. so just, great game from Rewalt, but I wouldn't expect the same again yeah. next week. Caddy was impressive though. I did like Caddy's game. Caddy has been impressive and he was impressive all pre-season mm. as well. So he, yeah. was, he was one that I was actually having a little bit of a sneaky look at in salary cap as a real point of difference mm-hmm. uh, because Devin Smith is the one around about that similar price who everyone would have been trying to bring in. So yeah. um, what's he priced at now? Or I think he's looking at about 550k. I, I think he's just a little bit too expensive for your salary cap leagues, maybe. 
But yeah. as a point of difference, if you're really looking for something to, to put your head of the competition, I don't mind Josh Caddy at all. It's uh, He's going to make you a little bit of cash along the way mm-hmm. because I think he could average close to around about 100, which means he's going to go up around about 100K this year. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just think he's terrific in the role that he was playing. Then again, it's Richmond, so he could very well be playing forward pocket next week for 80% of the game time. But he did look good on Thursday night. Oh, he was terrific. And then you've got those those Richmond players who they sort of shuffle and they rotate in between their roles in the game. You don't mm. know which one's going to do well. Your Butler, Graham, they played really well this week. Even uh, Castagna yeah, played Castagna particularly played well. well. But the other guys that we thought or that have a chance to score well, like Lambert, Short, uh, Coriolis, Edwards, they all were very poor this I'll week. Tell you what, Lambert was very underwhelming. Yeah, Lambert's one that in draft leagues especially, everyone was looking at continuing on from his 85 average last year. And yeah. as a forward, that's really valuable in draft oh, Absolutely, yeah. So uh, he's really let a lot of people down. Do you reckon that's going to... But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I remember hearing the commentators saying at quarter mm. time that he'd run the most of anyone on the ground. He just hadn't got a touch yet. Yeah, so, so he was working hard. Sometimes you just get on one. But sometimes the ball's just on the other side of the ground to you. Yeah. So... Give him another week, see how he goes. Yeah, I, I mean, in draft leagues, you don't jump off guys this quickly. That's um, If you had Kane Lambert in salary cap, that's ooh, that, a, a point of difference at half. Yeah, that's a, not something that you should be looking at. If you do have that in your draft league, uh, your salary cap league, look at booting him out for a, another forward. Um, anyone else in there that you wanted to have a little bit of a look at for Richmond side of things? Brandon Ellis, 69? Yeah, uh, you know, he's one that we were having a little bit of a look at pre-season considering he's got defender status. He's sort of fallen out of favour at the moment for me. There's a lot of other defenders who are doing really well. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Kate Simpson, who played uh, we'll tonight. We'll talk about him in a sec. But, uh, yeah, and then you've got the likes of Dylan Robertson, who did amazingly. Everyone thought he might be on the decline as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savage, Sicily, those sorts of guys. Yeah. I think they're ahead of sliding down the pecking order. Yeah, I think they're ahead of him for me. Um, yeah, I agree. And I don't know what his ceiling is as a defender either. He used to have quite a high ceiling as a midfielder many, many years ago. Yeah, as a defender though, you're just not quite sure. Mm. So uh, we'll move on to the Blues, I reckon. And this was great from Paddy Cripps. He was Ooh. he's one of those Dominant. guys that was in around that Luke Parker range in terms of price, um, Nat Fife, those sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. And he smoked it in this game. Even just from a non-fantasy point of view, 25 contested possessions, 9 clearances. He was just dominant all over the ground. Oh, he just did what he wanted. No one could stop him. absolute beast. And um, he only got on the scoreboard with one behind as well. And he has the ability to kick goals too. So mm. uh, if he actually gets a couple or snags a few in some games, he could easily average, you know, 110 plus this year. Yeah, 7 tackles, 5 marks. So it was a nice, well-rounded yeah. game. So, yeah. Great game for him. I have no issue with, because we've obviously had issues with um, uh, Zach Merritt and that sort of thing this week. Mm-hmm. If you are looking for a trade-out target, a lot of people are going to be choosing between the likes of Cornelio, yep. uh, Parker, Kelly, um, those sorts of guys. I have no issue throwing Paddy Cripps into the mix either. No, likewise. I love this option. guy. So, um, Patrick Cripps all the way. We've got all our money on him. Um, Kate Simpson as well. Did you think he was going to do this well? Uh, I mean, I not 130, I was thinking 115 Yeah, I, I know it's a first round, and I know you can't read into a player's entire season off of this, but, geez, that was a good game, and he was playing the exact role that... I think we were both expecting that he would pick up a, a little bit of the Doherty rebound role. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, he was doing that last year anyway, mm-hmm. but with Doherty gone, they were basically a one-two punch. Somebody had to pick up the two. Yeah. Um, and I think we both thought that it would be a mixture of guys, but Simpson would be pretty heavily involved in it, and that's exactly what happened. 
Yeah, I, a lot of people actually fell off the Simpson bandwagon. They, they sort of said, oh, he's getting a bit too old. And even though, yeah, Doherty's gone, they've got a lot of other guys like Weedering and like Byrne and Marchbank and those, and yeah. they will get the points. Or Mullet, you know, that other... Yeah, for me, it was Simpson and Marchbank that I thought would benefit the most. And they did. Both of those two yeah. scored very well for what they are. So, Cade Simpson... Is he a top six defender at the end of the year? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. So at some point in the year, you're going to have to get Cade Simpson into your side. So whether it's now with your first lot of changes uh, after round one or whether you have to save up for him, definitely keep an eye on Cade Simpson. Yeah, I think so. And look, he won't do this every week. He does have his games where he goes missing a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he has his periods within games where he goes missing. But mm. overall, I think he's going to be uh, one of the top averaging defenders at the end of the year. So yeah, definitely... Lock him in. Yeah, I feel like I should turn my mic off for just a few minutes and let <laughs> you have a bit of a rant about Charlie Kernow because he is your boy and he went mental tonight uh, or the other night. Just yeah, look, I don't. I think regular listeners of the podcast will know just how much I love Charlie Kernow. Um, but even I wasn't expecting this. He oh. to start the season off five goals, um, ten marks, ten marks, ten marks is incredible for a third year. Key yeah. position player playing yeah. against Richmond. So, yeah, just all around spectacular game. He played mostly up forward. He sort of came down the wings a little bit, but he didn't really play midfield. He, it was it was actually a forwards game. Mm. So, um, yeah, really happy with that. I don't think he'll be backing this up. No. Uh, not even close. Like, I would be happy personally if he's averaging high 70s at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that, that's pushing it. Charlie Kernow is realistically a keeper player. I mean, obviously, he's a great keeper. He's terrific. Yeah. And if you are if you have him in a draft league, yeah, that that might be all right for this year, as particularly in a deeper draft league where you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for forwards come yeah. the end of the draft. But I know he's had a great game this week, but he's not a salary cap guy. Do not bring no. Charlie Kernow into your side. And even in your, keep, in your, um, your draft leagues, mm. particularly in Ultimate Footy where you've got the rolling lockout, Colton always seemed to have a lot of Friday night games. Yeah. So he's not a bad option as a sneaky um, forward um, loophole mm. option. Yeah. When, I, when they're playing that Friday night game. Because you never know what he's going to... So many of the Friday night games. they're a popular club. Yeah. They get people through the gates. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Charlie Kernow, he was, he was absolutely terrific. His brother Ed, you know... Good Ed, to see Ed back. Yeah. I like Ed Kernow. I like Ed Kernow as well, but realistically... Uh, he's, he's a depth guy in a... Yeah. Draft, deep draft. And he scores these sorts of points often, and as a pure midfielder, that's not enough really, like high 80s. Um, uh, I in a deep, deep draft league, yes. I think you'd find if you looked over his numbers, he'd be averaging, oh, he'd be scoring between 90 and 100, 102, 103 most weeks. Yeah, pretty regularly. So as a depth midfielder in a deep draft, you're a sixth or seventh midfielder. Yep. He's great. Yeah, I can see that, especially after Gibbs is gone. You know, I have yeah. no issue with him yeah. in draft leagues. Um, Caleb Marchbank, we talked about him a second ago, and he's looking really good as just a general defender this year. Yeah. So A lot of intercepting, a lot of um, feed-off. Yeah. yeah. Again, he's not cheap enough at the moment for me to make enough cash for you as a mid-priced defender. No. So he's in salary cap... He's, he's just not for salary cap because he's not going to make you enough money and he's absolutely not going to be a top six defender at the end of the year. So there's no point bringing him into your uh, fantasy side. But if you picked him up in a draft, well done because yeah. I think you're going to reap the rewards. Yeah, he's year. just a seven figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty Wright. Uh, Five good. goals to get that. That's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, those sort of scores aren't going to be coming regularly for him. Um, Matt Cruiser was injured 
that's one of the big takeaways for me. And yes. I know that they're saying that, yes, he should be right for next week. But when Matt Cruiser gets injured, he gets injured badly. He, normally. he, he does injuries well. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> he knows how to do injuries. Yeah. I don't always get injured, but when I do, I do it well. <laughs> also, because I'm Cruiser, I always get injured. Oh, God. It's it's a real shame because he is probably one of the best fantasy Ruckman in the competition when he's up and going. At um, the moment, Matt, yeah. Maybe uh, Gorn accepted? Yeah, I, I, at the moment he is. Mm. I wouldn't say he is the best. Yeah, uh, but what do you think about that? You know, Is, is that going to affect his um, oh, selection? Let's... Sort of split it up. Salary cap. Mm-hmm. There would be a lot of people that would have shelled out the cash to play to keep him in salary cap. Yep. I wasn't a fan of that in the first place, personally. No, I didn't like Matty Cruiser. Gorn was the big one for me, and then I liked either maybe a Martin or a Goldstein, yep. someone like that. So I think personally in salary cap, if you've got him, there's too much risk of him being a late out or missing the odd week here and there while they manage a groin issue, which mm-hmm. can be quite debilitating, particularly for a Ruckman that has to run a jump all the time. Yep. So. In salary cap, I'd probably be looking at moving him on. Yeah, I have no... It's just too much of a risk. Because it's a long-term thing. Like, these sorts of small groin injuries, they can build up over the course of a season. And uh, in salary cap, you just don't want your Ruckman to be a late out with something that you know has happened in the past. Particularly because a lot of people wouldn't have invested in a backup emergency Ruckman that's going to be scoring well. Yeah, like... A A lot of people would have gone English. Yeah, Timmy English, he had a great week this week. We'll talk about him later. But he's not someone you can rely on regularly. No. So, so I, salary cap, move him on. Yeah, draft, draft on the other hand. Oh, you keep him. Yeah, there's no yeah, question yeah. about that. Of course you keep him. I mean, realistically, unless they come out later in the week and say, oh, he's going to be missing you know, six weeks' time. It, this groin injury is more serious. You know, touch wood that that doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, all that will happen is he'll be a late out one week, yes. You can bring in someone off the waiver wire just for that one week, maybe, if you're desperate, or just take the donor. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, who else can we look at? Zach Fish is an interesting one for keeper leagues, actually. I like the look of this kid. impressed me a lot. Yeah. Second-year midfielder. Um, he's really cheap, actually, in salary cap still, but I, I probably wouldn't look at him because no. there's too many other really cheap guys there that are outperforming him. But He's a draft guy for me, but I was impressed with his composure and his clean hands, mm-hmm. really clean hands. Um, he, just, he just hunted the ball. Yeah. And I have the odd feeling that uh, in a few years' time that it'll be him on one wing and Lockie O'Brien on the other wing. Yeah. And that is going to be a lot of AFL fantasy scoring capability. Yeah, I think so. He's got some pace as well. Yeah. Oh, he's so, got pace yeah, to yeah. burn. Yeah, clean hands, pace, mm-hmm. um, can find the ball, tough. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like that kid. So have a look at him in keeper leagues. If you're sitting on your waiver wire and you've got a spot, and you know, the last spot on your team that someone else is just taking up room, don't mind bringing him in there and you develop him. a bit of a speculative guy. See how he goes. Um, anyone else you spoke? Aaron Mullet was disappointing, considering a lot of people would have had him in as a uh, underpriced yeah, pick. A bit underwhelming there. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I just, I don't know if he's going to get enough of the ball regularly. Enough. I don't even know if he's best regular best twenty-two member either, because there are there are other players that are pushing for that spot. Like Cam O'Shea might be pushing for that yeah, extra spot. He's probably the one that's really challenging for it. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I would, I'm really worried about Aaron Mullet, to be yeah. honest. I, I didn't start the year with him, a lot of people would have. Yeah, I didn't. Like um, another guy that a lot of people would have started the year is with as well, Paddy Dow. Yes, and I think we spoke about this last week that he's a class player, but mm-hmm. we weren't sure he'd get enough of the ball. Well, I ended up going with Dow because I thought, right, you know, Carlton mm-hmm. will be up and about this week. 
There's a chance he'll be in a lot of centre clearances. He does have a bigger body than a lot of first-year rookies. Mm. And I thought that he could get in amongst it with a few tackles. He did actually lay five tackles, which was really which good. impressive. But he only got his hands on the ball 11 times, and six of those were um, uh, hand passes. So Yeah, I think it's worrying when he has five tackles but only scores 47. Yeah. Um, for me, he's one of the guys that I would be looking to get out of your team this week if you don't have any major pressing issues. So yeah. if, if you haven't got a Nick Holman, obvious one, or a, a Tim Kelly or someone in those lines, yeah, uh, I would be looking at getting one of them in four paddy out because they're going to make money a lot more quickly than he is. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, um, the only other one that I really want to talk about is Matt Kennedy. Yeah, unlucky injury. So he's, <laughs> he's down. Yeah. He should be back this week. So again, he's... Uh, he's probably similar to Cruiser in terms of how we break this down. In a salary cap league, you have to get rid of him because he is going... money, his break-in is going to be high. So it is the exact opposite of what you wanted. You bought him as as a mid-pricer, and that's not happened. So get him out. Get him out now. But in draft leagues, leave him. There's there's no issue with... Switch him onto your bench, give him a couple of weeks to get back into it and see what he can do once he's actually back in the game because we both had pretty high wraps on him pre-season. The one thing that does worry me a little bit is... Yes, he got injured, but I think from memory it was torn. How early was it in the game? Whoa, early it? second quarter? Yeah, and he so only he had seven. So he played a full quarter yeah. and he only had seven points and only four touches. So, yeah, it's, some it's warning tough. signs there, but give him a couple more games once he's back to full fitness, I think. Yeah, we'll see how he goes. So next game of the round, that was Essen and Adelaide. This was another really good game. Uh um, really bad for some other reasons as well, but fantasy-wise, there were some big scores. Um, Bombers came away with the chocolates at the end of it just with a bit of a late surge, and mm. Heppel came out of nowhere and scored 145. Yeah. Great draft pickup. He is a decent point of difference in salary cap, but he's just not going to be close enough for me to the highest averages at the end of the year. They, yeah, I wouldn't think he's going to be top eight. Yeah, so be very wary if you're looking at getting someone else in for merit. Heppel, yes, he's had an amazing week this week, but I don't think he's going to be there at the higher end of the score. He has 13 marks. That's not That's not usual for him, no. no. So, uh, terrific week, great, good on him. And in a draft league, that's awesome if you own him. And, and he, he probably will go 100, 105, mm. 110 even for the year. But yeah. And he will be 100% owned in draft leagues as well. So, yeah. unless, I mean, maybe some, uh, the owner of Heppel wants to go... Find someone that's a little bit more gullible in your draft league and say, right, he scored 145. Yeah. This is going to be a good scorer for the year. Go for a sell high. Yeah, sell high, exactly. That's a great way to go for me. Um, Zaha, you know, again. I was surprised he was only 117. It seemed like he was everywhere. He was, yeah. They were just really damaging kicks. Mm. Well, that's what Zaharakis does. And it leads me to believe, uh, because a lot of people are worried about Zach Merritt's uh, tagability. Like, when he comes back in, is he going to get tagged full-time by other teams? I still think that Zaharakis is the player that other teams are going to look at tagging first because each time Zaharakis touched the ball, it seemed to be damaging. Especially in that second half when yeah. they made their move. Yeah, so I, I still think that Zaha gets tagged before Merritt does. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens there later on. Agreed. Um, speaking of Merritt, may as well bring it up now. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, this this was just depressing. I mean, he was... what was It was midway through the first quarter and uh, it was what, 23 points he was on? So he was on track for a massive for a score game, already. Yeah. I mean, he's always on track for a massive score. This kid can play. and Disappointing. Oh, yeah, really disappointing. disappointing. You have to trade him out for me. I, oh, yeah. 
seeing no reason why you keep him in because so um, we're talking salary cap here. salary cap obviously. leagues obviously yeah. draft leagues again he's another one of those guys that you keep in unfortunately you just have to you just, just have to wear it just grin and bear it uh, but in salary cap leagues a lot of people are saying well, look I've got a lot of other holes to fill a lot of other problems do I just leave Merritt in and take the fact that it's one week's injury. He probably, maybe he but misses out this week. It. We're both assuming that he's going to miss this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first thing is, we're assuming he's missing this mm-hmm. week because he had a concussion a few weeks ago. The doctors are going to play it safe. Yeah, and also, he's flying over to Perth. I can see no situation where he actually plays. Like, they may say, yes, we will. he should be up for the game. He should be okay. Yes, yes, yes. And even if he flies over, I can see them at the last minute saying Zach Merritt is a last minute out. Well, let's be honest, too. They don't need him to beat the no, Frio, so no, no, there's no need You're to risk him. You're a Frio fan as well, saying yeah, that. Yeah, so there's no need to risk him. So mm. they will play it safe. They'll give him at least this week off. Yeah, so you're missing one week from one of your top-line players in salary cap. And he is way too expensive to leave on your bench. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, he's too expensive to leave on your bench, but also he's going to lose that much money. His break-even is so high that realistically, you know, you're going to be able to pick him up for cents on the dollar a few weeks down the track. Yeah. And the thing is, when he does come back, there's always that little iffiness of how people return from concussion. Mm. I, I know that he uh, he has had that concussion previously and he was playing well mm. after that. But, you know, if you have a couple of concussions in one year, it can make you think a little bit differently sometimes about how you go about it in the contest. And he is an in and under player as well as being good on the spread. So, yeah. so, I, so I think we're agreed. You need to move him on. And I think we yeah. mentioned earlier some of the options out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would, will probably be chasing points from Canilio, um, Parker, Parker, uh, Kelly. Um, yeah. uh, you know, those we're talking Josh Kelly there. Josh Kelly, obviously. Um, yeah. uh, Cripps, uh, those yeah. sorts of guys. These yeah. are really good underpriced players. You're actually going to make money from yeah. bringing them into your side. Personally, the guy that I'm looking at is Jack Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jack Stevens is another one. Way, way underpriced. So I'm making like 100k Mm -hmm. with that trade. That's what I'm looking at doing Mm -hmm. because he's also a bit of a POD. Yeah. But um, I checked on the way here for the recording and um, Zerat is currently owned by about 26% of teams. Yep. And I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that he would have lost about 10 or 15% over the course of today. So a lot of people will be in the same boat as you. Mm -hmm. So... um, yeah, that a smart move is to move him on because everyone else will be. Yeah, and uh, I'm, the guy I'm looking at is probably Cripps, actually. So yeah. I really like Cripps this year. He was one that I was strongly considering at the year, the start of the year, mm. and I just bought Nat Five in over him, which hurts my soul now <laughs> after this weekend. Um, so having a look at some of the other Bombers players there, you know, Goddard, good game from him. He's a good draft player, guy who's got good depth. Only You only need to look at Goddard in salary cap if he's given DPP status as a defender midway through the year. And he was played a little bit out of half-back in the preseason. He went a bit more into the midfield after Zeret went down. Mm -hmm. But if he goes back into the back line and he gets DPP status, he's going to be a top six defender by the end of the year. So just keep an eye on that later in the season. Um, Anyone else you particularly want to talk about there? Devin Smith had a good game, 91. You're pretty happy with that, even in salary cap. He's... Uh, you know he's working his way into a new side and he's going to play midfield minutes I've got no issue that McGraw was brought into the midfield more after Zach Merritt went down sort of him and Goddard they got more midfield minutes he also did a lot of sort of wing work sweeping around Mm. as a bit of a sweeper at at halfback as well so he uh, yeah he got a lot of ball across halfback 
I just can't see him consistently scoring in the 90s or 100s or something no, like that I wouldn't for a salary so. cap league. And he kicked a goal. I think he only kicked one or two last year. Mm. So, um, yeah, goal kicking is not something that he does a lot of. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I don't think he's going to be getting this much of the ball every week. The uh, roller coaster, Jake Stringer. Stringer coaster, you know, 74. That's oh, It's not bad I'm, game. I'm really surprised he got that high. He, he started off on fire and then just completely fell away for about a half Game, there's so. a reason we call him the roller coaster, though. Like, there's the stringer, coaster. the stringer coaster, he is genuinely an up and down player. It happens in games, it happens over the season as well. So, be very careful when you select Jack Stringer, just be aware. Yeah, um, and, so, yeah. and then the other thing probably is the Essendon rebounders, which we talked about pre season mm-hmm. Saad 41, McKenna 59. Yep. McDonald, Chip and Woody was 73, which is good. But again, I can't see him doing that nah. a lot. Actually, he, he's not a rebounder anymore either. He's a forward. So. Yeah, so for me, uh, you know, those guys, we had a little bit of a look at them, particularly Connor McKenna um, in keeper leagues or in dr- deep draft leagues, just as that maybe point of difference that, he's that not no one else enough at, But he's not getting enough of the ball. You know, he's a, he's a damaging player, but it's more the run and carry that does the damage, not possessions, which is bad in fantasy. Um, Adelaide, geez, Gibbs, he's slotted in pretty well, hasn't he? <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> 139 on debut for the Crows. That was amazing. And two goals, they were good goals as well, actually. Um, yeah, so they were. I think he got them within two minutes of each other as well. So, yeah, Bryce Gibbs, is he another one that you're thinking could be in the top eight midfielders at the end of the year? Uh, he'll definitely give it a shake. I swear, the more I talk about it, the more I go through these teams, the more I say, you know, is he going to be in the top eight midfielders? I say yes to myself, and then I've got about 20 yeah. that are going to be in the top <laughs> There's eight. a lot of them that are going to be in that short list. I do not, apart from maybe three or four players, like Tom Mitchell, obviously, and yeah. I think when Zach Merrick gets back into it, he'll he's cheaper, he'll still be there. Um, you know, apart from some guys like that, uh, I actually don't know who maybe the bottom four of that top eight are going to be. Yeah, it is difficult to predict. I think Gibbs has always had this ability to go big mm-hmm. it's just what his quiet games are like yeah um, and that we don't know what that's going to be like for him at the Crows so yeah but if you picked him well done and yep. yeah he could be another guy that you look at getting him for Zach Merritt but you're going to pay for that because he was expensive to begin with he was yeah so you've got to really want that Rory Laird nothing needs to be said he is he is a fantasy footy god just yeah. Pick him in your back line and just be happy with Lock him. and load, set and forget. You're going to sleep easier at night. Um, Likewise, Matty Crouch. Matty Crouch. Lock well. and load. I was depressed that at the last minute, after you know, after uh, Friday night, that I had switched, um, uh, I think I picked up uh, Mitch Duncan uh, instead of Matt Crouch. Just last minute yeah. switch over because Duncan is my boy. You know, <laughs> Duncan did pretty well with about 110 on the weekend, but yeah. this was a great game. Matty Crouch. Crouch just, yeah. He, he just doesn't know how to not get the pill. Just that's <laughs> pretty pretty what he does. Um, Rory Sloan, this was a bit of a down game from him, but I'm not even looking at him in salary cap. He's definitely he's a draft league guy. Really a draft guy. Yeah. And good. I think if you've got him in a draft, mm. you're happy with this score. Yeah. Not overjoyed, but content. There's a lot of people who actually took Rory Sloan around about the late second round and early third rounds, like mid-third rounds of drafts. I think that was way too early to go with Rory Sloan for me. Yeah, because he's another one that does have the ability to get cut out of games with a tag. Yeah, he does. So... Um, um, Rory Sloan, just don't look at him in salary cap for us uh, as a replacement, you know, for Zach Merritt, those sorts of guys. Uh, oh, man of Seed. Man of Seed, Paul Seedsman. He was good. He was mm. actually really good. He surprised me. I wasn't expecting this. Mm. He had a bit of a quiet preseason, but this was good. This is what we were expecting from him in the preseason. Because Smith has gone down. Yes, yeah. Someone needed to get those points, and Seedsman looks like he's the one to take that spot. He's an iffy price, though. I, I, I 
I just don't know if he's going to go up enough yeah. uh, with what he can average uh, to justify him being a mid-price. I team. wouldn't be looking at him as the other account. For no. me, he's another guy that's purely a draft guy. Yeah. Um, um, and I think he would be would have been taken in most drafts. So, mm. um, yeah, just enjoy him if you've got him. Absolutely. Uh, Tommy D, Tom Dode, he's just one of the rookies that you need to own. He's got a decent scoring ability because they do chip it around the back line a fair bit at Adelaide. And yes. he's got job security as well. I think he's cemented his spot yes. aside, at least for the first part yeah. of this I season. I he had a really good game. Yeah, so for me, I think actually most people own him. I think he's got an ownership rate of about 70 or 80%, yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, there's not really a lot for us to say there. Yeah, Sam Jacobs had a down game, but just, just have to learn to live with that. Sam Jacobs actually, for me, I... Still think he's just a tier below those top Ruckman. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. I would rank, obviously, Matt Cruiser, Matt uh, Gorn, uh, Steph Martin maybe just yeah. a little bit below that again, um, and then Goldstein somewhere around there too. Yeah. I do still rate Sammy Jacobs just a bit below those yeah, guys. Yeah, he is a tier below, but he's probably the safest guy in that tier below. Yeah. Oh, Except absolutely. maybe for a Nan Curvis or a Wits. I'd say they're Wits probably in that same yeah. conversation. So, yeah. um, but, but I think from memory, there was this game was quite free flowing at times. There mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of hit outs, which would have hurt him a little bit. Yeah, but I have heard of a lot of people that have actually got Sam Jacobs in their salary cap team as their second ruckman. Ah. That's the risk that they took. Yeah. I don't like Sam Jacobs in a salary cap team. Yes, he's safe, but there are better options who are also safe. Steph Martin is a safe choice this year. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, Jacobs' ceiling isn't huge. No, it's not. I mean, he can go 110 every once in a while, but Steph Martin can go 120 plus sometimes, as can Gorn, as can Cruiser, so can Goldstein on his day. I can't see uh, Sam Jacobs doing that regularly. Um, who else do we want to have a bit of a look at? Could um, be Hampton. Some people may have taken a flyer on him in drafts. He's out injured for the next little while. So unfortunate. If you did look at him, scratch him for now. Darcy Fogarty, underwhelming in this game. Even though actually he performed quite well. He scored two goals. Yeah, I think he played well, but this is what I was expecting from yeah. him fantasy-wise. And we had this discussion last week, I think. We did. So realistically, if he's actually in your salary cap team, I do think he has to be one of those guys that you have to look at moving on this week. Yeah. This is the week to actually clean up some of those rookie mistakes that you made. Yes. Um, I think we'll move on to the uh, St Kilda Brisbane game. Actually, uh, uh, let's yes. have a little bit of that. So, uh, St Kilda they got away with it in the end, but Brisbane actually bought a hell of a fight. They mm. uh, they looked really good this game. Um, good for Brisbane. And St Kilda again proved that they're going to be a strong fantasy team this year. You yes. had well, yes, what indeed. is that? Almost ten players who have scored over ninety in the team. Um, Jack Stephen, he's he's blown everyone else out of the water. 133 Dream Team points. He was incredible. 10 marks. Only had two tackles in that, which is really un-Jack Stephen-like of him. He is a bit of a, a terrier yeah. sometimes. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll just throw in there too mm-hmm. that um, St. Kilda actually scored, as a team, the third most fantasy points this week. So Ooh. just backing up what you said earlier, that they... Um, are a good fantasy scoring team. So, yeah. yeah, the third most that they scored and they kept um, Brisbane down to a pretty low score themselves. Yeah, I, I just like what St Kilda are doing and I like the roles that a lot of their uh, high scorers are actually playing. Yeah. Um, so, Jack Stephen is another one you've already mentioned that you're looking at bringing in. Yeah. Blake Akers, is this a one-off or is this regular? I would make Blakers. Yeah, he's. Uh, we've had. Big we both on really him. like. We him. both rate Blake Akers. I mean, I picked him up in a draft league uh, in our redraft league this year, and he paid me off handsomely this week. But 
Personally, he, yeah, he's a draft guy. He's not a salary cap guy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what his price is, but I suspect it'll be that awkward little bit more than a mid-pricer, but not quite premium price. Yeah, I want to say about 550 to 570000 yeah, It's just too awkward a price for someone that can go missing. So mm-hmm. no in salary cap. In drafts, though, if he's on your waiver wire, grab him without hesitation yeah. because he is a good player. If he's available in a keeper league, Oh grab him and never let him go. Dude, he's going to be a very good player because he's that sort of, I, I don't like saying this term, but that prototype midfielder that yeah. all those teams are looking for. He's big bodied. He's, you know, about 6'2", something good like that. Head. Exactly. Strong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just if he's available in keeper links, do whatever you can to get him into your team. Seb Ross, I mean, he had a great year last year. I, some of these guys are, like we've already mentioned it, are a bit iffy for salary caps. So, yeah, they can, they'll have a really good average. But Severos still, I believe, averaged between about 105 and 110 last year. Uh, seems about right. Yeah. So, something in that range. That still doesn't put him in that top eight range along with the guys like Matt Crouch yeah. and, uh, you know, Mitch Duncan, uh, all those sorts of guys. Yeah, well, he's a draft guy and he would have been drafted. But, mm. yeah, I mean, he's if you, played well. So. If, you bought, if you had him in salary cap, uh, last week. That's a great point of difference. I like it at the start of the season and he's paid you off well. Hang on to him for a little while. But my point is that I don't think he's one of the guys that I would looking at or look at bringing in this week. No. Basically. But, uh, definitely Stephen uh, over Ross for me. Uh, Jack Billings, you've got to own him by the end of the year. Just yeah, you, you have absolutely. to. He looked awesome fantasy-wise in this game. But I, I just remember sitting down watching the game with you actually and yeah. constantly saying, there's Billings. Yeah, there he, he is. was everywhere. Yep. So, uh, and he was getting a few goals as well, actually. He did that thing again where he misses regularly. Yeah, uh, hope, hopefully he works on that for this mm. uh, Dil- Dylan Robertson, you know, I mentioned already, he's, uh, a lot of people actually thought that he would drop off significantly this mm. year. Uh, I know he had a bad end to last year. But from memory, he actually had a little bit of a, a hamstring or a soft tissue injury midway through the year, and he um, he didn't miss time with it, he but it still, it. it still affected him somewhat. Yeah, so. I don't remember that, but that doesn't really mean a lot. <laughs> it's a full preseason, and uh, a lot of people would have thought, right, Shane Savage, um, you know, guys like Jimmy Webster, um, all those other yeah. halfbacks that are coming through. What I did like was the fact that Robertson and Savage both delivered in the same team yes, because so. they were unable to do it last year. Mm. Savage one of them well, the other one didn't. But mm. this year, both of them played well. Yeah, and it was against Brisbane. That's that's the worry. So me. it will be interesting to see next week how they go. Yeah, um, and against well, they are playing North next week. So this so week they should be so another shellacking. They should do quite well again. Looking forward um, to that. Friday. Uh, who else have we got? Tim Membry had a really good game, and actually, I'll uh, have a quick chat about Tim Membry mm. because I like his opportunity in draft leagues. Likewise, I, I think that since they've gotten rid of, or they haven't gotten rid of, since Nick Rewalt retired, someone has needed to step in and play that almost Tom Lynch role, the where connector. the connector role. And I think that could be Tim Membry, and he could pop up and score yeah. two or three well, goals every other game. If you think about their tall forwards, they got Membry. Um, <coughs> McCartan and Bruce. Yeah. Bruce is an out of the goal square guy. Mm-hmm. And McCartan is probably also an out of the goal square guy. Yeah. So they'll alternate that role a little bit. Um, and Membry is the one that will be the connector. So well, I heard a, um, an interview on SEN, the, uh, I think it was this earlier this morning, and they were saying that uh, Paddy McCartan might need to be sent back to the BFL because he really? just. He doesn't look like he has the athletic ability to play the role that the Saints want him to play in their team structure. Um, Tim Membry does. Uh, Josh Bruce obviously does. He's an athletic beast. But 
Paddy McCartan does seem to be that old 80s style power forward who's a bit lumbering and uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's still too young to say that about. I think they he just will... give him too, too hard a time. Yeah. Just let him play for a while. Exactly. I, I really don't like the pressure they put on uh, young forwards, young defenders and young ruckmen as well yeah. because they take a while to develop. Just yeah. I, I thought that McCartan was actually good on the weekend. I, I didn't think it was too bad. But the, my point here is that Tim Membry seems to be has cemented his spot in the best 22, which uh, a yeah. year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, wasn't necessarily the case. So yeah. I do like memory in draft leagues. Um, Shane Savage, we already talked about. Great game from him in conjunction with Robertson. Uh, anyone else you want to point out? Uh, Armitage. Uh, Armitage. Armitage, 80. And um, again, draft only, not salary cap. Although yeah. he is pretty cheap in salary cap, but I still think there's better options. I think there's price. significantly better um, options. Yeah, you're a mirror draft. for one. Yeah, exactly. But draft, you'd be pretty happy with this for a first up game. Yeah. See yeah. how he goes. Hunter Clark isn't a, uh, isn't a guy that you should be looking at in your salary cap league. You, sh- you need to move him on if you've brought him into your site yeah. for some reason. Correct, you move him on. Not going to play regularly. Um Jack Steele, not salary cap, but draft. He had a good year last year. Mm. The danger is with Armitage coming back in, um, whether that's going to push him out of the centre square a little bit. So just monitor that in your drafts. I was always worried about that with Jack Steele. Uh, We want to move on to the Brisbane Lions. So some good scores here from guys that you wouldn't normally expect. So Jared Berry, Louis Taylor and Nick Robertson all got over the 100. Um, And... (laughs) Look, yes. they're draft guys at best. You know, Jared Berry in particular, keeper guy, he's one to have a close look at. Great for keeper, but, um, yeah. but nowhere, nowhere else. And that was with three goals he got to that score as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, Dane Beams had an average game fantasy-wise, but I still think he was one of the best top, um, lines on the ground. He was he was in and under. He was everywhere the ball was. So mm-hmm. he, he didn't play much last year. He'll work back into it. Uh, Steph Martin, 42 hit outs. You know, what else can you say? 94 points isn't a lot, but he actually didn't have any marks in this game, which is rare for him. Normally, yeah. he'll rack up about five or six marks a yeah. game. Solid first up. Yeah, So, and he's definitely one that I would look at having in your best two Ruckman at the end of the year. Yeah. Mitch Robinson, 89, good score, but suspended for the next week. Yes, and that's what Mitch Robinson does. He gets suspended because he's an angry man. And I love <laughs> the way he plays, don't get me wrong, but it's a risky run having Mitch Robinson in your team. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people, though... I don't know. I'm I think assuming. we actually we have a question about Mitch Robinson later, so we might leave, leave that. Yeah, yeah, we might leave that there. Um, whoa, who else do you want to have a little bit of a look at here, mate? Um, Hodge eighty six was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think he'd be salary cap this year, but in drafts, people would have picked him up as a reliable guy to play some of the games this year. Yeah, I don't mind having Luke Hodge in your draft team as as long as you've got a, a reliable backup. Yep. Christensen, sixty. <coughs> um, Is it enough? No, it's not. He is cheap, so you can afford to wear him for another week in mm-hmm. salary cap and see if he can pick it up next week. Um, but he want to be doing better than this. I think that there's more pressing matters than getting rid of Christensen this week. Like you say, you can hold on to him for one week, see if he does any better next. And if he doesn't, then he's probably one of the guys that you need to look at getting out of your side. So um, yes. he, he is a little bit of a worry. Um, Just check what his break even is. Yeah, have a little mm-hmm. bit of a look at that. Um, while you're doing that, um, Dane Zorko had a really down game. He was tagged heavily. Um, we've known for years that Zorko can have this happen to him. When he is the one who is tagged, um, he doesn't score well at all. He had a really tough time of it. Yeah, and um, I think it's Steele was tagging him this game. Oh, was he? Well, that's and that's a worry for Steele as well because yeah. uh, tagger's role isn't necessarily great for fantasy scoring. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Dane Zorko, hey, look, if you've got him in your team, again, he's maybe in the, the merit boat. You should probably get rid of him this week because he's going to cop a massive price reduction. Um, and you can pick him up in six, seven weeks' time on the cheap. Um, the Christensen break-even was 43. Oh, so you can wear him another yeah. week, possibly two. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna go up in price, even if he goes 60 to 70 or something like that, yeah. and then you can get rid of him in two or three weeks. Yeah. Did you say anything about Cam Rayner? No, I did not. Would you uh, like to? I don't really want to say anything about Cam Rayner. Please, <laughs> please get him out of your teams if he's in there. We always said this. He's While he is going to be a very good player in years to come, and if he's in... And he looked good when he got the ball. Oh, yeah, and uh, if he's somehow still available in a keeper league... Um, yeah. Get him and put him on your bench. Uh, and in your last spot, you know, get him as your uh, developing prospect. prospect because he's going to be very good in the right. future. Knowing draft, knowing redrafts, and knowing salary. Cap Absolutely, knowing salary cap. Um, moving on to the power and the Dockers. This must have been a pretty depressing game for you. Um, um, it was basically what I expected, so yeah. I had uh, prepared myself for it. Yeah, that's true. You've got kind of got to wear one like this when you're playing such a good team. I, I did against Sydney with a uh, with West Coast game. That was pretty sad in the end. Uh, but uh, Port, you know, they had a, a really good spread of scorers. Uh, Justin Westhoff, he does this from time to time. Good draft pickup in a really deep draft. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a perfect pickup in a draft league mm. um, because he just sneaks under the radar. But he does this every now and again, and he'll have a month or so where he goes really well. Yeah, he slips um, he slips a lot farther than he should sometimes because he doesn't have that name recognition in fantasy. Yeah, nine um, tackles though that's unusual for him. Yeah, um, Jack Watts, good first game. Yes. What do you think of that? Um, I thought that Watts would have a good year mm-hmm. um, because he's away from the attention a little bit. He doesn't have to be the main man yep. anymore, particularly last year with Hogan being injured a lot for Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the pressure's been released. Charlie Dixon can be that main guy, and Watts can just sort of float around and be that mobile forward that he likes playing that role. So mm-hmm. um, I think he'll have a good year, not quite this high scoring, but yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, the one I want to talk about most is probably Riley Bonner. Yep. He was awesome. Like, I mean, he <laughs> just looked really, really good. Mm. Um, do you think that he's actually worth maybe even bringing into a, a salary cap team, considering how cheap he is? He's, he's around 440 about 440 or so. Yeah, something around about there. So, as a mid-pricer, he's going to be going up. He's going to have a low break The question is, what are you going to have to do to get him in? Mm. You're either going merit down to someone freeing up a lot of cash, so you can upgrade one of your higher-priced rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're switching out a um, a crisp or someone to him. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If the circumstances are right, I don't hate it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be making dr- trades that you don't necessarily want to just to bring him in. Yeah, Does I that make see. sense? Yeah, I can see that. So, you shouldn't be going out of your way to do it. No. Um, if it works out that way, so if you, say, for example, happen to have uh, a little bit of money left in the bank after your team went in uh, last week, uh, you downgrade merit to someone like uh, 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 maybe, um, or who are you thinking of just then? Steven? Um, Jack Stevens. Jack Stevens. Who's about 660k, I think. Yeah, so you make a little bit of money there, and if there's a possibility that you can maybe upgrade someone like uh, Aaron Norton to him... You um, need a bit of money left over. You need... Some money in the bank to start, though, to yeah. do that because you're not going to have enough money otherwise. Well, I had 100k to start off with. I had a little bit of money. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, if there's other people in that boat, yes, that's a good idea. I don't, because, I don't hate that trade. Yeah, but if you're going crisp down to him, someone like that, you should probably give guys like that a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, in drafts, though, 
there is a very good chance that he will be on your waiver wire. Oh yeah, there is. So go after Riley Bonner hard because for this waiver period. Because he seems to have the Jasper Kidot role mm. uh, at this stage. The worry is when he comes back in, but I think he was good enough that he's actually still going to retain that role when Kidot's going to have to push for selection. Yep. Um, who else do we want to have a look at? Port Adelaide are kind of iffy. I mean, the big one is um, Tom Rockliffe. 52. Yes. He just did not look like he'd had a preseason because he hasn't. Um, And he played forward a lot. Yeah, and that was always the worry. If you have Tom Rockliffe in your side, you need to get him out. He's probably... He's going to bleed cash. He's a higher priority than Zach Merritt for me. Um, You need to get Tom Rockliffe out of your side. I don't even know if for the course of the year he can actually get back to the old Tom Rockliffe scoring ways. Yeah, I'm not going to write him off just yet, but I agree. If you've got him at this stage, move him out. Yeah. And let him refine himself and then make an assessment on whether you want to bring him back in at some point. Well, I made my big call at the start of the year, which was that Ollie Wines was going to outscore Tom Rockliffe by the end of the year. And so after a good start. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back at the moment because it's 101 to 52. So <laughs> it's almost double. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes by the end of the year. The other guy I do want to talk about mm-hmm. is Charlie Dixon. Yeah, now, he's a good, good draft guy, isn't he? Yeah. Never look at him in salary cap. No. But in drafts, he doesn't have that name recognition. Um, and he does have quiet games, so he will get you the 50s or 60s every now and again. But on his day, he is a sneaky good draft guy. Mm. Um, and there is a decent chance that he will be available in waivers, mm. So particularly if it's not the deepest draft yeah. going around. So just keep him in the back of your mind um, and uh, see how he goes. I don't think he's got a great matchup this week from memory, but um, yeah, Look, just keep an eye on him. Uh, they're going over and playing, uh, I want to say, Sydney. So then it'll be then it'll be probably on Heath Grundy and that he's a good defender. Yeah. So it'll be a little bit tougher for him. Yeah, so don't grab him this week, but just keep him in mind. Yeah. Um over on the Dockers side of things, uh Aaron Sanderland's actually snuck under the guard of a lot of people in the off season. Uh the worry is still there that he's actually got a lot of injury history and there's a chance that he could be supplanted at some stage uh by Sean Darcy because oh, wow. sorry. I was just looking, Dixon's actually owned by 95% of teams in Ultimate Footy, so just disregard oh, everything dis- I said. Disregard everything Matt just said, because most, ca- most Everyone's cases aware of this guy. <laughs> I should really do my research oh, before I start making statements. Well, what the hell is research? I don't even know what that is, mate. You're on the wrong podcast if you want research. All right, let's keep going. Um, Aaron Sandland's 111. You know, he has snuck under the guard a little bit. I'm I'm still not sure, like I said, because of Sean Darcy, because of that injury history, if you can select him in a salary cap team. And, you know, I wouldn't be. But if you can handcuff him in draft, as we said, all preseason. Yeah, yeah. Sam Lance and Darcy are a great combo to have in draft leagues. Um, oh, there's, honestly, uh, apart from Lockie Neal, who is going to be very good this year, and I don't mind the idea of going Zach Merritt to him either. He's another one you could look at. Yeah, yeah. They're the one danger, and you can sort of see it in this game, mm. handball happy, 24 handballs to 14 kicks. So he only got 100 points from 38 disposals. Mm. He does that, but also normally in a game that's not quite as free-flowing for the other team, he gets more tackles. He only had one tackle this game. Yeah. I, I think Fremantle in general, if you look at their tackles, Michael Walters had six, and then the next highest was three. Yeah, but but that just sort of plays into my point. Yeah. Frio are going to get bumped a lot this year. Yeah. They're, I, I think so. Their team is still developing. There's a lot of go- young guys in mm. it. So their players are going to be under pressure a lot. Mm. So they are going to be flipping the ball around by hand, trying to get clear. Yeah. So... I'm not 100% sold on Neil this year. Yeah, I'm torn when it comes to Nat Fife as well. I mentioned that I have him in my team, and I'm really struggling because he was tagged by Brad Ebert, who did a terrific job on him in the midfield. And Port, maybe along with Sydney, are probably 
the best team to match up on Nat 5 because they have those other big-bodied midfielders and they have quite a lot of them. Mm. Uh, and also, Fremantle's distribution into the forward line was woeful for Nat 5 as well. Horrible. So even when he snuck forward, there was no chance that he could actually make any points. So I'm torn as to whether you go, right, no, I'll stick with him. Uh, this is one bad week and he might pull his socks up. And even if he doesn't, there is actually a chance that considering how much time he spent forward this game that he might get DPP status at some stage. Yeah. If that's Possibly. the case, yeah, he's a top six forward, so you need to have him in your team. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm leaning towards keeping him for one more week and seeing what he can do because there are other pressing matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for me, leave him in your side for one week and see how he goes because I think he'll bounce back from this one. Yeah. Um, some of the rookies, mm-hmm. um, Brayshaw, 45, Banfield, 54. You're giving him another week? Yeah, I'm giving him another yeah, they started off well, and they sort of fell out of the game. Yeah, so they'll play in Perth this week. So, you know, you'd think they might be a little bit better as well. Yeah. Um, um, and just something to point out as well, mm-hmm. um, Port scored the second most amount of points as a team this week, and Frio scored the third least amount of points this week. Oh, so, um, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Frio may be the team that you like to be playing against. Yeah, that could be one thing to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, we'll move on to the next game for the round, which was Gold Coast North Melbourne. And I really don't want to pay too much attention to this game because it may as well have been played underwater. This was awful <laughs> in terms of the weather. I mean, it was a monsoon up there in Cairns. So, you know, Jared Witts and Toddy Goldstein were the highest scorers respectively for their team. 140 from which, which was outstanding. And uh, 90... I'm assuming, though, um, contested game, a lot of hit-outs. Yes, so 34 to Wits, 35 to Goldstein. Uh, 91 was what Goldstein got as well. The Ruckman are always going to score well in that sort of wet game. A lot of contests. Um, Aaron Young is one to actually have a little bit of a look at in draft leagues. Yes. He's also cheap in salary cap at 387. He's got 112. He's had nine tackles. Which, I mean, this was just a tackle-happy game. He only kicked one goal. Mm. So, yes... When they're not playing in a monsoon, they're probably not going to have as many tackles, but by the same token, he's going to kick more goals. Yeah, so I, I do like Aaron Young, actually, after mm-hmm. watching this game. And, I, you know, he was actually voted, I think, one of their best uh, for yeah. the game, so he's probably cemented his spot on the side. Yeah. The danger with Young is he is a little bit hot and cold mm. um, over the course of the year, so he may be a match-up-based guy in drafts. I'm not 100% sold in the mid-salary cap. Yeah, I'm not sure. Dave, uh, Dave Swallow, he was always going to play well in this game. This is his sort of style. Um, mm-hmm. The one I do want to talk about for the Gold Coast Suns is Nick Holman. Uh, 89, yep. 13 tackles. You need to have this rookie in your team. He yep. is going to make a lot of money. Yep. And play him on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I made that mistake of putting him on the bench this week oh, over, yeah, over Brayshaw and Banfield and I paid big time for that. Um, another player for North Melbourne that I want to actually bring up was uh, Ryan Clark, who I've been <laughs> really big on in the preseason. Hey, there's a reason that I want to bring him up, not just to pat myself on the back. He's had 83, which is a good score for a defender. He's had uh, 26 disposals for that. but 18 kicks. Eight, 18 kicks. That's huge. So kick-to-handball ratio is good. But he's had no marks because it was so wet and just it's mm. too hard for a rebounding defender to get those easy marks like he usually yeah. does. Yep. So there's a chance that he can actually score significantly higher than that as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that happening. Liking Ryan Clark this year. Um, anyone else you want to talk? Luke Davies, Uniaki, get him out of your team as well. He he doesn't look like he'll yeah. have the ability to score. I thought this might have been the game yeah, where, where he, he could put his body to work. Exactly, but no, he wasn't able to. I don't know if it's because it's how Brad Scott was playing him, or if just he really isn't. 
quite ready for AFL just yet. Yeah. But you need to get him out of your side. And he way. had a good amount of time on ground. Yeah. That's absolutely not in keepers, by the way. You hang on to Luke Davies Uniaki because in the next few years, he's going to be one of the best fantasy players going around. Yeah. Mark my words. Speaking of best fantasy players going around, I want to move on to the Hawthorne Magpies game. <laughs> you really didn't want to spend much time on that game. Oh, no. That was an, that was an ugly game to watch. Um, and Tom Mitchell. Just... I, oh, oh. Oh, my God. Do you want me to leave the room? Uh, yeah, uh, you may as well leave the room for a little <laughs> bit, mate, because I love Tom Mitchell so, so much. I have him in our keeper league. I, 156. We're I could, all well aware, believe us. I could pretty much bank on 130-plus every week, which is so amazing for a fantasy player. Um, yeah, if you don't, if you haven't started with Tom Mitchell, if you've said, oh, I'll wait till he drops in price... He's not going to. I don't think he's going to. I reckon he'll hover around about this 900k for the entire season. So, so in salary cap, if you want to own him at the end of the year, you've got to start working on it now. Work on You probably plan. can't get him this week, mm-hmm. but start figuring out how you're going to do it. Yeah, uh, you need to have him in there by the end. Uh, after that, it drops off a long way for the Hawks as well, by the way. It goes yeah. from 156 to 99 from Daniel Howe. That is massive. Massive drop-off. Um, and a lot of those guys are more draft leagues, but Jaeger O'Meara is the really interesting one. He's one that I think you have to move heaven and earth to get into your team as well because he's still pretty cheap and he's gone at 93. He can easily do better than this as well. So mm-hmm. I, he's, he's a good young player. I think that if he's gotten over these injuries, uh, you know, he's going to make you a fair bit of cash and he's playable on your field as well. Yes, he's a mid-price guy that you can play with a degree of comfort and yeah. most people are either have him or are going to be looking at bringing him in. Mm-hmm. So, so I, he's safe. I would definitely be looking at him. James Sicily, you know, we had big uh, ups on him in the preseason. We were, yeah, we, I was a little undecided on him. He pulled it out this game. Mm-hmm. For me, the question mark is still consistency. consistency. Yeah. So great job this game. You'd be very happy if you started him. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy that I bought him in last minute. But, uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried still that he's going to get someone <laughs> in the back pocket. Um, so, oh, other yeah. than that, Hawks for me have for many years been a draft team. Yeah, they, they're they not really, really a salary cap team. Do we want to talk about some of the draft guys or is it pretty self-explanatory? No, not particularly. We, we don't want to get too deep into draft questions because it's really individual based on your league. And I'd love, so if anyone out there does have any questions at all during the week, you can send them on through on Twitter and we'll try and get to them on the podcast and just let us know some details as well, obviously. So how many people are in your draft league, you know, what your team sizes are, and we'll see if we can do our best. But it, it, we don't want to go too deep into the draft players because we could really list almost every player on the team. Yep. Um, for the Maggies, uh, Scotty Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Trelaw, I mean, they're all top-line guys. Uh, Trelaw is someone that I would be suggesting will be towards those top eight midfielders at the end of the year again. So, he, you know, he could be a really interesting point of difference player bringing into your midfield this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not 100% sure what his role is going to be this year. Mostly because I mistrust Buckley and his oh, player management. There is no depth to how much I mistrust Nathan Buckley in terms of <laughs> fantasy players. It's, I mean, you know the issue that I've had with Matty Scharenberg. And now <laughs> that uh, we've actually heard that Josh Smith has gotten injured, who was... <laughs> I, the greatest thing was he was... Uh, in the article that said it, it said defender Josh Smith has sustained hamstring injury. He was played as a forward for almost the entire night until Nathan Buckley realised, oh, he's had two touches. Maybe I'll <laughs> swing him back into defence. And then he's finished up on 52 points for the game. So yes. um, now, Josh Smith, obviously in your drafts, you need to look at something there because he's got four weeks out. Mm-hmm. But who knows who's going to take over that role? Who, is he going to push another one of these guys in there? Who knows? Mason yes. Cox is out suspended for a week. Is he going to move? 
Um, uh, Darcy, Darcy Moore, Moore. back up forward. Who knows? Do I, they have another tall forward in the reserves? Uh, I not don't to know. the best of my knowledge, because I know they were training a gold sack to be a, a full-time That's forward, right, and maybe. he's injured now. Yeah. So oh, God knows with how Buckley's deciding to do with him. <laughs> him and Beveridge are just very confusing coaches to read how they're going to play their side week to week. Um, there is, uh, there were some good players though from a rookie perspective. I thought Sam Murray and Stevenson both played really well for their seventy six and sixty one respectively. Um, I'm pretty comfortable playing those guys on the ground. I mean Sam Murray especially, but even Stevenson looked really really good. What, yep. did, you, what did you think of those guys? Um, didn't see the game, so oh. <laughs> um, I was out out that night. So I was I haven't I recorded it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. Oh, it worked. So those guys were really consistent. Um, Jack Crisp was a worry for me because I, he was played in the right role, but he just couldn't seem to get his hands on it. Um, I think we highlighted this last week with Sam Murray and Crisp in the same mm, back line, yeah. whether they're going to be stealing the ball off each other. And Braden Maynard got a bit of the ball yeah. that Crisp could have gotten as well. Um, Tommy Phillips pushed up into the back line a little bit, and they all ended up on those 70s, 60s, you know, those sorts of things. Mm. Is there going to be a guy that really stands up in those? Or are they just all going to be average? Exactly, and that's the real worry there. So yeah. I'm holding on to Chris probably for one more week just to see what yeah. happens. And the other thing I'll say is because I've had him in keeper league for the last couple of years, I've mm-hmm. now offloaded him because he's frustrating, but I owned him for a couple of years. He always starts the season off slowly. So he will have a few 60 games, yeah. and then he'll start to sort of build it up, and he'll build up to those 80s. So, yeah, um, yeah just... Give him a little bit, a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. The danger in salary cap is obviously he'll be losing cash during yeah. that period. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want to move on to the next game unless you've got anyone pressing. I have one question spot. for you because you did watch some of this game. I did. Yes. Taylor Adams, yep. only seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Roll didn't play well. Um, um, why? A little bit of both, to be honest. So Taylor Adams was played. He was he was at a lot of the center bounces and he was at a lot of the. Um, the contest, but he just couldn't seem to get his mitts on the ball. Um, it, it seemed to be Trelaw or Pendlebury actually running through and getting first touch and then getting it out to one of the other guys. Mm. Uh, the worry for me with Collingwood is it's not quite like uh, Geelong where they have those four amazing midfielders mm. and you just, you've just you got the gut feeling that all of them are going to score very well. Yeah. With Collingwood, they've got four or so amazing midfielders in Adams, uh, Pendlebury, uh, Sidebottom, and Trelaw. Yeah. But I'm kind of worried from week to week that two of them or maybe even three of them aren't going to score particularly well. Which is well. surprising because if we talked about this a month ago, we mm. would have assumed that all four of them would be doing well all the time. Yeah. that's what we're used to over the last few years. But again, Buckley's just got me worried. It's it's the uh, the role that they're playing from week to mm. week which has me worried. Whereas I pretty much know with Chris Scott, and you know that our issues with the Scott brothers that we've <laughs> had over the years... But I'm, I know that he's consistent and he will generally play Duncan, Ablett, uh, Dangerfield and Joel Selwood in the middle when they're available. So, you know, maybe one of them will switch forward every now and then, like Danger or Ablett or something, but it'll be a rest down there. Right. Well, so, look forward to watching the Collingwood midfield over the rest of the year. Oh, God. Look, <laughs> it's a little bit of column A and column B. Look forward to it and kind of wincing in pain. Uh, we'll go on to the Giants and Bullies game. There were a lot of big scores for the Giants. I mean, the, the Giants scored the most amount of points as a team this week. Um, this week. They smashed huge. them. The, the Bulldogs just didn't have an answer for them. There, there was nothing that they could do. Um, Stephen Cornelio ran rampant. 
He looks terrific this year. There's a, a reason why we have big raps on him in the preseason. Mm. Toby Green is Toby Green. He's going to be one of the best forwards, and he's a good idea to try and plan to get into your side at some stage this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Kelly, again, he's going to be one of the top midfielders. Yeah, um, I think 115 is probably what we can expect from Kelly. Week to week, basically yeah. a, almost a minimum. Yeah. Um, Lockie Whitfield, I, I'm still waiting until he becomes a defender because he's definitely going to get that defensive status at he some stage. slightly in price. He has. That was a really good guy. I didn't expect all of the Giants to come out and smash the Bulldogs this much this week. Mm. Um, we'll see how he goes next. Uh, Timmy Taranto, great draft pickup. I mean, yeah. I've got no issue. If he's available in redraft leagues, go out there and pick him up. He, he may be in redraft, particularly if people have a no second-year player rule. Yeah. Uh, in... Uh, in keeper leagues, though, someone's going to want him. Someone's going to want him. And you don't look at him in salary cap. Exactly. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, great game. I mean, the forwards just had a little bit of field day here. Green, Cameron, uh, Taranto, <laughs> those sorts of guys. Uh, you know, the list just goes on and on, to be honest. They didn't have too many poor games. Rory Lobb was maybe one that people were expecting to do a little bit more. I wasn't. But 74 I think he, I think he of his first game of the year. I think is very respectable. Yeah, but uh, considering he's had injury issues all preseason, and, and I think he might have played maybe half a game in the reserves mm-hmm. last weekend, so seventy four I think is really really good for him. The thing for me is he got seventy four with forty one hitouts, mm-hmm. and we always said last year, if you remember, if your team is playing the Western Bulldogs, if your Rockman is playing Western Bulldogs, lock and load on them because they are going to dominate because the Bulldogs don't really play a Rockman. No. Jordan Rothfeld's not a Rockman. And uh, Rothhead won 20, Tim English won 12, and Trengrove won 14. So there were a lot of contests, mm-hmm. and Rory Love actually only broke even with the, uh, the Western Bulldog Rockman. So um, you can look at it that way, or you can look at the fact that someone that basically had no preseason was up against three fresh Ruckman mm-hmm. and broke even with them. Yeah, do I call them Ruckman, though, or do I just call them large people? Because they, I, I, if they can jump, yeah, if they're taller, they can jump. They're Ruckman. <laughs> so I think you're reading too it. much into this I one. I love it. Um, it's, it's more for the point of view of salary cap because a lot of people have bought him in as a mid-pricer in salary cap expecting him to go up significantly. I think he's Roy, will. Roy Love's a great draft guy. Do not get me wrong. If yeah. you picked him up in a draft, you've done very well. But I don't think... I, I'm not sure if he's going to go up enough to justify In salary that. cap, he will. But it will be a long hold. Mm. He will quite possibly drop before he goes up because he has to build up that match fitness mm. that he doesn't have at the moment. So if if you want to do that, you're backing him in and you're holding him. Yeah, yeah, happy to say that. Um, Giles Langdon also had, you know, 55. You're, you're happy-ish with that. And he's a small he's, forward. Yeah, and he's a pressure small forward and they had big wraps on him as well. So he's probably locked himself into that side too. Same with Jeremy Finlayson. He was very, very good. I'm happy playing him on my field in defence. Yeah. Um, for the boys, you know, Jack McRae, he just was consistent through the day. Um, mm-hmm. uh, got those tackles up there as well. Lockie Hunter is a bit of a worry, but he's just a draft guy. You know, he will score 108 one week and then he might score 65 the next. Yeah, he didn't have the best year last year by his standards, so mm-hmm. hopefully this year he can sort of continue at this level. Would be a good. bit more consistency. Um, and realistically, I don't want to look too far into this game because the bullies were just poor as a unit. Yeah, um, they were really bad. They'll be much better next week against the West Coast Eagles because, I mean, the West Coast Eagles do give up points. Um, two I do want to bring up. One is uh, Tim English. Uh, I think that everyone does need to look at getting him into their side uh, mm. if you don't have him because 
I mean, this was a good score. He did not do this at all last year. I mean, when he came on and played, he got about 25 points or 30 points. And 78 points in a losing side, I, for me, I think he should be playing in the ruck ahead of Jackson Trengrove. Mm-hmm. But the worry is Luke Beveridge. I mean, he tries to be a little too cute sometimes. Yeah, right? so um, just keep an eye on it. But for me, having, having said that, he also needs to protect English a little bit because he is only in his second year and he could get monstered by guys that are much bigger than him. So um, he'll protect him a bit, but he's owned by 56% of teams at the moment. Mm-hmm. So almost half the teams could bring him in. Yeah, the other one I wanted to bring up was Toby McLean. That wasn't the start that a lot of people were hoping from him, only 68 Uh as you said, though, the Bullies scored poorly across the board. They did. So they had the second fewest amount of points scored mm. this week. Yeah. And going back two years ago, and I think even last year from memory, they were one of the better scoring teams going around. Mm. So um, the question is whether this was them being bad and whether it's going to be a trend or whether it was GWS just being irresistible. And they, that's very well what could happen this year. Teams that play against GWS, I mean, they could really, really suffer because the Giants look amazing. Yeah. Um, the another one is uh, maybe Aaron Norton. Uh, has he done enough to keep him? I mean, there's well, probably other issues that you have to deal with. He scored 41 against a team that looked irresistible mm. and was monstering him. And he was playing on Cameron as well. Who was amazing. That was the other thing I didn't like. So, uh, I mean, very, very similar to uh, the <laughs> Liam Jones playing on Buddy Franklin last year, Barras playing on Franklin this year. Yes. Why, why a coach would choose to leave a first-game key defender on a red-hot tall forward for a team that is pummeling you is just boggles my mind because it's going to do nothing for his confidence. You're not going to learn a great lesson from that. Uh, yeah, after he's played 40 or 50 games, of course you leave him on there because he needs to develop mm. into beating those guys. But he's a first gamer. I mean, if they drop him as a result of that poor game, I'm going to be shocked. And I think he I should do better this week. I don't know if they have anyone else to bring in for yeah, him. So. That's true. So um, um, I, he should do better this week for me. Yeah. I'd, I'd hold on Norton. Um, Crozier, injured? Yeah. yeah. Injured his medial ligament, so mm-hmm. he'll probably miss some time. Um, if you've got him, move him on. Move him on, absolutely. Um, and obviously everyone would know that Liberatore has done his ACL, so it's very yeah. unlucky for him. Yeah, very very unfortunate. So uh, if you do have Tom Liberatore, you do need to move him on yeah. because he's not playing again this year. Um, do you want to say anything about Gowers? Uh, I mean, I, I worry about Clearly saying not. too much about <laughs> Gowers because I haven't done the research into him in the preseason. He was sort of a last-minute picked guy in their team. And, yeah, he performed pretty well, but he's also, after a poor game, probably one of the first to come out of that side to be replaced by the likes of Lin Jong or Caleb Daniels or someone like that because it's probably not a Bailey Dale or a Williams or mm-hmm. someone like that that's getting kicked out. It's probably the, the first gamer in that situation. Um, onto the Demons and the Cats. This was this was an awesome game. This was a really, I really enjoyed this one. Really good to watch. Um all the uh, the midfield players got in on the action there. So for the Cats, we had Joel Selwood, Gary Ablett, and Mitch Duncan all score 110 plus, which was, I mean, we're expecting that. Yeah, I don't think we really need to talk about them too much. This, no. is, this is what they'll do. No. Tim Kelly, actually, for Geelong, is one that I say that you do need to look at getting into your side if you didn't choose to start with him. Yeah, I deliberately chose not to start with him because I wasn't sure how he would fit into the Cats' plans. As did I. I didn't start with Tim Kelly. Um he fit in quite well. He fit in very well, actually. He, he looked was, very comfortable. And he didn't play as much forward as I thought he was going to either. Agreed. So Agreed. the danger is um, 
Andrew Fields still has to come back in. He does, but at the same token, I think that they could, they're going to want to play Dangerfield slash Gary Ablett a bit more forward than they might want to play Tim Kelly because Dangerfield is a handful when he's up forward. Yep. Um, so, yeah, work to get Tim Kelly into your side this week if you haven't got it. Because him. you can play him on the field. Absolutely. Very safely. You can be comfortable doing that. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from Geelong's side of things? Because uh, they're all the guys that we sort of expected <laughs> to score that well. Lockie Fogarty he, scored 72. He was really good. well for a first gamer. Um, and that was mainly possessions, mm-hmm. um, only four marks and two tackles. I'd suspect, though, he will probably lose his spot for Dangerfield. Yeah, he's he was really, really good. And you know that we, we love Lock, uh, Lockie Fogarty around here, not Fogarty, apparently. Uh, but he's just got so little job security, it's not funny. So I, I couldn't bring him in. Tim Kelly is well ahead of him in terms of job security for me at Geelong. Yeah. Um, and Zach Tui is going to be a consistent defender this year. We all know that. Um, but he's still more of a draft guy. I don't think he's knocking on the top six door. Mm, um, cap. Yeah, I'd say he's more a draft guy. Yeah. Um, on the demon side of things, I mean, Max Gorn was the highest scorer for the game, 138. If for some reason you've started <laughs> off with a rock lineup that doesn't have Max Gorn in salary cap, just bring him in this week because he's still yeah, he's cheap still enough. cheap, but he won't be for long. Yeah, he's too good to leave out of your salary cap team. Um, Clayton Oliver is another one who I think will be incredible this year. Uh, yeah. I have no issue with either, with bringing him in for Merritt either. I mean, I know yeah. that sometimes he has a bit of inconsistency, yeah. but his bad games seem to be about 103 to 106. Yeah, something real point of difference. Yeah, he's, he's a really good one to look Ten at. Ten tackles that. in this game was great for his work. As well. yeah. I was so high on this guy in the preseason and I left him out of my team, which hurts because Christian Petrarca looked really good. Yeah, he um, did. And he's still cheap enough that you can bring him into your side if you're looking for that point of difference in the forward line. Yep. Um, and uh, you Is know, he really a point of difference though? Probably not after this week, but I believe he was only owned by about 3% of the competition or he's something. currently owned by 22.8%. Oh, geez. So he's been bought in heavily this week. Um, yeah, as of last week, it was only 3.5% of the competition. So mm. he's one of the biggest trading targets this week. Um, uh, anyone else you want to talk about there? We've got... Um, Fritch was good. Fritch was, was fantastic. Game. I mean, you have to play him on your field. And you have to have him in your team. That's just simple. Um, oh. Corian Maynard only scored 62, but I was actually quite impressed with what he delivered. He's yeah. not a salary cap guy. You'd look at him maybe in probably more keepers in than a keeper redraft. Yeah. In a keeper, though, keep an eye on him. I don't really like his job security. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he gets dropped sometime soonish, but I did like what I saw from him. Yeah, no, he did look very good. Um, uh, Jake Melcham, I mean, I, I know I was a little bit high on him in the preseason because so, uh, he as a, as a depth draft guy because yeah he can score pretty well. He was genuinely terrible. So, all right, uh, and the other one is Hibbard. Yeah, that only right. fifty six. That really hurt me. All right, I'm I I can't speak to this because I've never been particularly high on Hibbard as being one of the best defenders in the competition. I know where you're coming from in terms of consistency because he's normally very, very consistent. Um, but what are you thinking about doing with him in salary cap? I'm strongly considering um, using the money that I'm going to get from my Xerich trade yep. and upgrading him to someone else. Like Kate Simpson? or Kate Simpson or Jake Lloyd or someone. Yeah, ja- see, Jake Lloyd, we'll talk about him next, but he looked very good. Um, um, because, yeah, I'm. it looks like Melbourne have too many rebounders now. The addition of Jake Lever and the further development of Jaden Hunt mm-hmm. and a few of those other guys. Wagner looked pretty good. Jordan Lewis is playing in the defense. Um, yeah. You know. So they have 
a range of guys that can rebound now mm-hmm. quite well. So I think this this might be a case of somewhere where they're going to end up with a lot of guys that score fairly averagely yeah. rather than any one go-to guy. So um, I, I am a little bit worried about Hibbert, but uh, that that's all for Melbourne. So we're just going to look at the last game now, which was West Coast versus Sydney. Good game for the most part. It was actually a lot more competitive than I thought going in. I thought Sydney mm. were going to smash West Coast. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, Lance Franklin, we don't need to say anything else. He's definitely a top six forward at the end of the year for me. Yep. Uh, he very rarely has a really poor game. Even his bad games are about 85 to 90, somewhere yeah, right about there. Generally. Um, and his big games will win you matches. Yeah, single-handedly. So, yeah, I mean, if you had Lance Franklin this week, you probably won your matchup because 150 is a big score. Yeah, and I suspect the people that are up at the top of the rankings for salary cap were ones that had Buddy. Took the punt on Buddy. Um, I don't mind the idea of bringing him into your team this week, uh, but, you know... He had a dominant game, though. Yeah, he had I mean, absolutely really good. dominant game. And he's playing against... Um, Port next week, and they do have a couple of decent young defenders, but they yeah. are still young defenders, just like Barras, just like Montgomery. Yeah. They are they're a little bit underrated, though. I quite like the Port defenders. Yeah, yeah. Clury is a very very good defender, so it'll be interesting. Jonas playing? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. They've got a couple of good yeah, guys. They do, so it'll be interesting to see how they mark up on them. Uh, who was the guy that got the record amount of spoils as well? Was it Dougal Howard or was it yes. Dan Houston? Dougal Howard. Dougal Howard. There we go. So uh, yeah. it'll it'll be an interesting defensive or offensive matchup actually. But Lance Franklin, get him into your salary cap side at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Parker, probably the same as well. Actually, he looked awesome. Yeah, and underpriced still. Yeah, uh, he's definitely one that's top of my list for bringing in for Zach Merritt as well. And the war, the tragic thing about that is a lot of people did take the punt last week and bought him straight in. They would have reaped the rewards of that. But now, after such a good game, he's not going to be a point of difference anymore. He's, he's yeah. going to be one of the more popular players in the comp. So I think a lot of people will have lost that point of difference. And the other one we just mentioned before, Jakey Lloyd. My worry going into this game was Jared McVeigh's influence over him. There was no influence whatsoever. Yeah, he was everywhere. Yeah, he, he was just racking up marks, disposals at will. Um, again, he was always in my top six calculations, but I just wanted to see how McVeigh would affect him early on. Mm. I have no issue with, like you say, if you're bringing... Uh, getting rid of merit, making a little bit of cash there, and if you wanted to up someone like a Crisp or uh, Hibbard. like Hibbard to Jake Lloyd, mm-hmm. I've got no issue with that this week. That sounds like a good plan. Um, Penny and, Mills looked good. Mm-hmm. Both um, of them looked really, really good. Joshy Kennedy had a, a slow game, but he does that. We noticed every year he has a bit of a slow start, and then during the middle of the season he dominates when the, the weather gets a bit wild and woolly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, they, they, they do bat pretty deep, Sydney. So there are a lot of guys in draft leagues you can look at, like George Hewitt, like um, uh, Papa Papley, Papa Tom Papley. Both <laughs> Hewitt and Papley uh, started really well mm-hmm. um, and kind of forgot they still had to keep playing in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. um, Hewitt remembered and was able to pick his game up, but mm-hmm. Papley, I think, still stayed in the change rooms. So yeah. um, they're, all, they're good draft guys, but not salary cap. Yeah. I, I also, another one was Robbie Fox, who was a... a um, yep. a mature age draftee. I don't think he's going to hold his spot for too long, if I'm being completely honest. I only had 10 disposals. Well, we think when Hannabury's ready. Yeah, he comes straight out for Dan Hannabury. Yep. Um, or, you know, even someone else on their, in their depth. Um, I'm not sure if he's even best, you know, 26, something like that. Um, on the Eagles side of the ledger, uh, Mark Lacroix just... I, I have no idea where that came from, from Lacroix. 
He, he was, was vintage performance. Yeah, he was terrific. Nine tackles was the big thing for me. Nine tackles is terrific. So yeah. if he keeps putting up those sorts of numbers, I mean, I know he's not going to get 112 every week, but if he can get around, go 90 odd. Yeah, if he can go 85 to 90, that's rewarding a lot of coaches. And he'd still be available in a lot of redraft leagues, actually, yeah. after such a poor year. Keep talking, I'll check. So, it's, um, so if he is available in your redraft leagues, go out and look for him because if you can find a forward that averages between eighty-five and ninety, that's gold in the bank right there. What's his uh, What's his average? What are we looking at? His average is one hundred and twelve. No, 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 no. His, his average ownership uh, owned by fifty-eight percent of Ultimate Footy teams. So that's forty-two percent of availability. That's that's a lot of teams that he's going to yeah. be available for. So. Um, yeah, obviously the danger is that he is a bit older. He did have some hip issues, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. So there may be some games where he slows down or is a bit sore. But, yeah, to start the year off, that's an awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, Shannon Hearn had a good game as well, but I'm not as bullish about Shannon Hearn's ability to score this well this regularly. But in most draft leagues, he will have been picked up anyway because in your really deep draft leagues... He's a fairly safe He's a, he's a safe bet for about 70 to 75 most weeks anyways. Um you know, Yo, he's a champion. He's going to be very good all year as a defender. He's someone you should look at for your top six as well. Uh, Luke Shuey, we, were, we had big raps on him, and mm-hmm. he's probably one of the few West Coast midfielders that really, really stood up in this contest. Yep. Uh, one to mention would be Nick Nat. Yeah, I was amazed by how well he, he scored this game. 93 from 54% game time. That and was awesome. It was ridiculous. Now, of course, Sydney only had Callum Sinclair as their opponent. And Dean Towers. And Dean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And And Dean Dean Towers. Towers. With his solo hit out. He did get one hit out, Dean Towers. But Nick Nat. Good job, Dean. (laughs) Nick Nat had 33 hit outs and Lysett had 32 compared to Sinclair's 16 and Towers' one. So, you know, I think with Nick Nat, he covered the ground well. Yeah, like he looked at times like he was a little bit tired, but he covered the ground well. He tackled, he chased. Mm-hmm. Um, as he gets more Ks into his legs, mm-hmm. he's only going to get better. Well, he's still cheap. Would mm-hmm. you consider going like if you own Sam Jacobs in salary cap and you had not many other trades to do, would you consider going Sam Jacobs down to Nat Nui to make a little bit of 100%, cash yep. and then just leaving him on the ground knowing that Nick Nat will play more and more minutes every 100%. week? I mean, a month, month and a half ago, I'm pretty sure every team in AFL fantasy, had Nick Nat as yeah. their second ruckman. But then we were all scared off by the fact that he didn't really have a preseason. Mm. Those that stuck with him would have been rewarded. But everyone that jumped off, you can jump back on now. Yeah, pretty happy with that. Um, Jack Redden had a down game. You know, we'd, uh, we were big on him in the preseason, but Jack Redden will do this. You've got to be really, really careful. I don't think he's justified his position as a mid-pricer, considering that he's supposed to be there to make you money. So yeah. Be, so. be very wary about him. And then we've got the rookies as well for West Coast. Uh, Liam Ryan, Waterman, and Venables. Ryan probably did enough for I me. thought he looked quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sold he's going to be a great scorer. No. Um, I'd rather have him as a bench guy that makes a bit of money. Yeah, but if he's playing on your field, you should probably look at somehow adjusting your team so that he doesn't have to. But he is a good heartbeat on your bench. Waterman and Venables, I, I just, yeah, pass for me. I haven't got either of them in my team, and I just can't see them scoring well enough, to be honest, to even make you much money by the end yeah, of the year. Low possession counts. Well, that's the uh, that's the games for the week. So what we're going to do is we're going to split the podcast in two, yep. and uh, we'll come back, we'll answer some questions, and we'll uh, get to risk it for the biscuit for the first time this year. Sounds good. <laughs>